Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Hi friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. It's Rebecca back again to finish out season three of Working in Yoga. I pressed pause for about six weeks on the podcast, partially because I lost my voice and it took me a very long time to get back, and partially because life just caught up with me. But I am back from here until the end of the year to drop two episodes per week of the most amazing interviews that I had in 2022. So let me tell you about the first one. The first one is the first of two interviews that you're gonna hear this season, with John Cottrell. Now, John is a yoga teacher and yoga therapist in Salt Lake City and is also a professional clinician. And we talk a little bit about that in the podcast. If you're a yoga therapist listening and you've always felt like being insecure or uncomfortable with this therapist title, make sure that you stay tuned because this episode is really gonna give you some hope. Honestly, one of the intentions that I had for this podcast was to give the yoga professional community something to be proud of. And I think this episode with John does exactly that. John has so many websites and they're in the show notes and I will tell you about them at the other side of the podcast. But go ahead and let's get started with my interview with John Cottrell. Welcome to Working in Yoga, friends. I am so excited this week to invite and chat with John Cottrell on the podcast. Now, John is a yoga therapist and a yoga teacher in Salt Lake City, and I'm going to have you introduce yourself, John, and tell us all about the awesome things that you do. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to talk with you. So yes, um, I am a yoga teacher and certified yoga therapist. I work here in Salt Lake City. Um, I'm originally from Oakland, California, and it's and it's and there's there's a kind of a tie-in with how I even got to Salt Lake City, um, because when I was in graduate school, I I was actually in graduate school for clinical psychology. So that's kind of my educational background and what I was going to do professionally. I was going to be a clinical psychologist. And I did my schooling in California, in Northern California. I came to Salt Lake City to do an internship. And uh, it was a year-long internship, which, which was fantastic, great, wonderful. And the plan was to go back to California. And I didn't. I ended up staying in Salt Lake City. And that's where 
all the doors opened, <laughs> even the yoga door, because up until that point, I had really no knowledge. Well, I guess I had knowledge of yoga, but it was just something that wasn't on my, on my path as far as something that I was going to do. And certainly something that I didn't think I was going to be doing professionally. How did you get started in yoga? So I got started in yoga. Let me think. This is early 2000, I would say 1999, right before 2000, which is kind of remarkable to even think about. Um, um, I, I was always and have always had um, an affinity towards fitness. Well, let me backtrack, not even fitness, it was dance. I always have loved dance and movement. And so when I moved to Salt Lake City, I wanted to continue doing that in some arena and it ended up being aerobics, just, you know, jazzercise basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it was really through that realm of working out with a, you know, trainer, a gym, aerobics, that kind of thing that steered me towards yoga. Um, after doing some work uh, with a personal trainer, after doing some work with a personal trainer for some time, um, I was able to land a job actually in a small little gym here in town um, teaching a class that's called Body Pump. <laughs> and Body Pump was this uh, weightlifting class that's done to music. And it was so fun because it was something that you had to choreograph, which I love to do. It was music oriented, it was movement and it was strength uh, building. So I loved it. So I got this job working as a you know, fitness instructor in this little gym. And I did that for a while, was loving it. And I was just teaching on Saturday mornings, you know, that kind of thing. Meanwhile, I was working as a psychologist, you know, in another facility. Um, but during this time, um, they added a class at this little gym and it was yoga. And that's, that's all it was called, yoga. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, this looks interesting. And it was, I think it was an hour before the class that I was teaching. And so I said, I'm gonna go try this out. And so I went to this yoga class and I instantly loved it. And here's why. It was, it was certainly a moving class. Um, it, it moved in the similar way that I enjoyed dance aerobics. It had that flavor to it. And I really didn't know what yoga was, but that was my introduction to it. And like I said, it was just called yoga, but what I was doing, it was kind of a power vinyasa yoga, but at the time I didn't know that's what it was called. And so because it was this physicality that I enjoyed, lots of movement and, and it seemed choreographed, like I like this. And so that's how I started practicing yoga. So we go to this yoga class before I taught my body pump class. So I think that's really interesting because nowadays we have this sort of idea that we want to make sure we know yoga isn't fitness, but so many of us came through that sort of fitness lens of really wanting to find something that was a positive way to move our bodies. So, so I say often I'm a recovering judgy yoga teacher. Like I used to be real judgy about everybody. And now I'm just like, however you got here is amazing because I know too many humans who are doing great work, 10, 15, 20 years in the industry who started because they just wanted a great fitness class. Awesome. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's really how it yoga, I believe, really got westernized and modernized, yeah. you know, in our culture here. Here was this kind of this booming, you know, thing, you know, fitness, aerobics and, you know, uh, physical fitness that was starting to boom in the early 80s, late, you know, 70s and things yeah. like that. And and here was this wonderful doorway because of course yoga already existed, but how, how was it going to get to the masses, right? And, and there was just some of those pioneers of yoga that here's our doorway, here's our avenue yes. to get yoga to the people. And it was through this, this fitness industry and it yeah. worked. It, it, it did. There were a lot of really skilled marketers who came in with yoga in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s in the US that really were able to disseminate yoga, like you said, to the masses, to the people. Now, how did you move from that fitness space into, so you said you're a clinical therapist. How did you move then into yoga therapy throughout your career? Yes. Well, you know, I after just practicing, I was just a practitioner at that time. Someone said, you know, after I was practicing for about a year, you know, I think one of my teachers said, John, you should teach yoga. Like me, teach yoga? And me being naive and still not knowing a whole lot about yoga, I said, don't you have to go to India to yeah. learn how to teach yoga? She said, no, there's actually trainings right here in town. There's, they're all over the country. But we have, there's trainings that come here to Salt Lake City. You should become an instructor. So I took, and at the time, this is going to sound so funny, I think, because I learned how to become a yoga instructor in one weekend, one weekend. So this is way before the standardization of yeah. having a 200 hour training and certification, all of that. I literally took a weekend training, <laughs> learned how to teach <laughs> a very small fraction you know, <laughs> of what yoga is, but it was just, it was, a, it was an opportunity for, you know, to get more teachers out there to teach in the gym. Cause that's where I started yeah. teaching. I started teaching in a gym. And, and so that obviously evolved for me. And of course the industry certainly evolved and things changed as far as standardization, you know, yoga Alliance and other ones that came about. Um, I eventually uh, was hired by a studio and the studio was a Baptiste studio. Now Baptiste, you know, if we think, look back at some of the early pioneers, we can think about Walt uh, Baptiste. Yes. And he really kind of pioneered that power yoga in the gym setting. And, and so my training is Baptiste. Um, and so I took another training while I was teaching um, at this studio. And so that's why I really, I think, um, built my knowledge base of what, of what yoga really is and the history and philosophy and all of that. And so this was a good number of years, really, of continuing to evolve, teach, do workshops, got involved with teacher trainings, et cetera, um, and even starting to teach in other facilities. Yoga therapy came around for me um, uh, officially in 2016. And this is right around the time that the International Association of Yoga Therapists was kind of put out their announcement saying, hey, we want to legitimize yoga therapy. We know the therapeutic value of yoga 
and we want to certify yoga therapists. And here is how you can do this. And so I came across this. I said, this is, this is what I want to do. Um, but how I was able to do this is, again, kind of backtracking a little bit. Being a psychologist and working for a good 10 to 12 years in that industry, I certainly learned how to do therapy, uh, working one-on-one, -on -one, working in groups, et cetera. And I was also teaching a couple of yoga classes on the side, and I really saw them as these two lanes that were parallel to each other, but they didn't intersect until there was a very clear moment where I was teaching in a gym setting, actually. Um, and at the time, I happened to be running a yoga program and mostly group yoga classes. But this was the first time that I was able to teach a do yoga individually, one-on-one, -on -one, and hiring or, or, or uh, taking on yoga clients, so to speak. And so I started doing that. And then that's when the light bulb came on that, oh my gosh, I'm doing yoga therapy. How I structured some of those first and early sessions with those yoga students was I sat down with them just like I did in my therapy office, got to know them, um, let them tell their story what was going on, what were some of their issues, just like I would in a traditional therapy and clinical therapy session. And then we would, after we, I got a good sense of their story, we got up on the yoga mat and moved it and you know, did yoga poses. We did some flow. We certainly did a lot of breathing and some meditation. And that's when it clicked. That's when it clicked for me that yoga is therapy. And this is what I want to do. So after about two years in running this um, yoga program, I took this wonderful trip. And on this trip, it, it clicked. It really dawned on me that, John, you are destined to be a yoga therapist. But I didn't call myself that. So I came back from this trip and I kind of changed my whole life course. I quit that job started my own business, which is called Embody, and that still exists today, Embody. And I, I became, um, I called myself a yoga life coach. And I, and at the time, this was about, what year was this? About 2008, 2009. I remember that because it was during the market crash. And a lot of people were certainly affected by that. And that's how I started getting clients. People wanted some way of dealing with their stress and anxiety around this calamity and found me and my little M-Body website. <laughs> and I started working with them and I was doing yoga life coaching. And I did this for a good number of years. 2016 rolls around. This is a good seven, eight years of just doing this yoga life coaching. And here's the announcement, yoga therapist needed. <laughs> <laughs> and I raised my hand. <laughs> That's me. And so one way to become a yoga therapist will certainly go through the certified and uh, 
pro accredited schools that could offer that uh, certification. And I was thinking, gosh, I don't know if I'll have the time to do that. Another way was you can be grandparented into uh, the program or to, you know, to get certified. If you had done this type of work, at least I think it was seven, I think you needed 700 hours yes. of, of this work um, that was documented. And just the type of person that I am, I was documenting all of those hours that I had started way back in 2008. And so when it came down to completing the application to be a certified therapist, yoga therapist, I met the criteria and that's how I became certified. <laughs> so you and I got certified in the same way. I did go through a yoga therapy program, Interpeace Yoga Therapy, and I work for them now, but I was in their second cohort and we graduated in 2011. So this was before the 800 hours were popped up and before all of the like modules that we know today to be yoga therapy and so i also was grandparented in and i am i suspect maybe we are similar in the way that i had like a whole long google doc exactly like, exactly <laughs> clients hours all the stuff <laughs> exactly that was exactly it yeah and i did the same thing so when they opened up the certification process i was within the first of 100 people because again like google doc i had it all like here we go isn't that amazing? That's so yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I love that. That that's your story as well. Yeah. It's it's I want to unpack this idea of therapy and therapist because I have to be honest with you, because I am not a clinician, because I am not a licensed human, my entire adult professional life has been as a yoga professional in some capacity or another. Mm -hmm. I wear that therapist label uncomfortably mm. because in my brain, I think of somebody who is a therapist as somebody who has a graduate degree in psychology, who is, you know, way more qualified than I am to talk about the deep and heavy things. So I'm always like, you know, when I see clients in yoga therapy, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, your lane is yoga, you know, yoga, yoga is your profession. So do you have any of those? Do you have discomfort or concern with humans like me coming into the yoga therapy space wearing that therapist title because I think it's messy like like I don't like it I want I love yoga life coach that's a nice title it was a fun title to use um here's what I would say to that um I don't experience discomfort uh when I hear someone like you who you know is a certified yoga therapist but may not have a clinical therapy background I only, because I, I certainly know other individuals in the same situation and they kind of feel the same way. They don't want to, you know, put that brand out there too, too brightly. I said, no, you shine that light because that's exactly what this is all about. This is about legitimizing this profession. We know our stuff. <laughs> we went through too much training, too much time and dollars have been put out there to do what we do and we do it well. And so do not minimize who you are and what you do, because this is very important work. Yes, it's, it's different from, or at least the training is different from, you know, the traditional air quotes, you know, clinical therapy work or going to school to become a psychologist or even psychiatrist or physician. Yes, it's different on purpose. 
we 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 fit another lane and and that's important and that lane now needs to merge into this lane of other professionals of their licensed professionals even that we can we provide a very important service um, uh, in healthcare for individuals yeah. who who can certainly use our expertise. Why not have an additional um, professional that you can turn to? Not just a physician that might prescribe medication. You know, not just your psychotherapist when you're sitting on the couch and talking. Hey. Why about why why not some breath work and meditation and some asana, some movement to get into your body to really work through your issues? We're pretty special. <laughs> so <laughs> do not minimize <laughs> your title as a therapist, because that's exactly who you are and it's exactly what we do. Ooh, thank you for that, John. Like, I didn't know I needed to hear that from someone, but not to make it about me, but honestly, like, thanks. I think that that is really something in the yoga therapy field that we need to hear more of, especially as you mentioned, we put in so much time, so much money. I was actually at SITAR, the IOIT's conference last weekend, and my specialty when I go out into the yoga community is I talk about how we can marry service and monetary funds so we can get paid, but also be of service. Right. And I'm in I'm in front of this group of humans and I said, OK, I'm going to make up an imaginary yoga therapist. They've had one year of training. They're done with their training. It's their first year and they paid fifteen thousand dollars for their training. And everybody went, oh, she put a number to how much we've spent. And some folks were like, gosh, that seems like cheap training. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much money yoga therapists are investing in their education only to like pull on those clothes of yoga therapist and feel like they feel awkward in them. Like, oh, this doesn't quite fit me. It's a little too big, you know? And, and so I appreciate folks like you saying like, we do have a space in a therapeutic modality. Like, thank you for that. Absolutely. I think it's so true. And we just need to continue to highlight that, especially for our you know, current yoga therapists and those that are coming, you know, coming along, that this is important work. And, and look at the times that we're in. This is so needed right now. We, we need to be out in the forefront. So, you know, hang out that shingle, you know, <laughs> we are needed. We are in demand. People may not know it, <laughs> yeah, but we are. Yeah, I think you've said that exactly perfectly too. I mean, the, the humans who I've seen in my yoga therapy practice now 10 years in, in 2021 had presented all these challenges that I have never seen before. Most of the time people find yoga therapists because they're desperate. Like I've literally tried every other modality on the planet, including, you know, like sunbathing my perineum and all sorts of wildness, you know, like but now somebody said yoga and I think I'm going to come to you. Like, that's what I've always seen. But now I see my life needs to be different. What can yoga offer me to help shift my life? And I like so many humans have been coming out from COVID in the middle of COVID 2021, May of 2021, all of a sudden it was like this influx of people who were like, yes, <laughs> he just made this boom explosion, like hand gesture. Cause it was like, all of a sudden people were like, my life has to be different. 
how can you help me do that? And you're right, like we are needed now more than ever. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think what's helping is, you know, yoga in its traditional sense has really paved the way, you know, folks know about yoga. It's not this mysterious thing anymore. You know, it certainly became mainstream, you know, back in the day. And so when people say, oh, I do yoga or yoga, you know, they know in general what you mean. And so I think people are starting to really understand the value of yoga. And once they're in it, you know, just like us, you know, or even just those individuals who went to that gym yoga class, yeah, they're getting there, they're moving their bodies. And, and it, it opens up so much within mentally, emotionally, physically, that they, they start, those practitioners begin to see, oh, this is good stuff. This is really shifting in me. What's happening? What is this yoga doing? <laughs> and because of that, you know, there, there might, might be seeking, you know, more yoga or different styles of yoga. And I think we're, we're right on that pathway. People are discovering yoga therapy. They're discovering yeah. yoga therapists. Like, I don't just have to go to a yoga class, but I can supplement <laughs> with yoga therapy. Yes. Oh, and I've got my psychologist and I've got my massage therapist. And, you know, why not? Yes. Why not? Yes. I mean, honestly, you've said it exactly right, because life is hard now. I mean, we're, we're experiencing the difficulty of life in ways that I think many of us have not experienced before. It's just harder to be alive now. It's harder to get your food. Food is more expensive. It's harder to get to work. Gas is more expensive. We've, we're stuck inside for two years, and now we're coming out, and we literally don't know how to play with each other anymore. Like, <laughs> like it's more difficult now than ever before. And I love this idea of creating a team, like a wellness team that's going to help keep you on track. Your, your psychologist, your yoga therapist, your massage therapist, like we, you're right. We need this. We certainly do. We certainly do. And I think that's what IAYT, you know, what their, that's their vision. I believe, you know, when they, they certainly have gone through several factions of who they are, but I think they're at a place where, you know, they do want to legitimize the profession and get to a point where, you know, yoga therapists can get paid through insurance. You know, we're, we're running alongside physicians, psychiatrists, et cetera. And so that we can triage, so that we can work together to help individuals, groups, families, et cetera, that, um, when, when a patient, you know, is, is being discussed amongst the, the caregivers uh, and care providers, you know, the yoga therapist will be another individual that they'll think about, oh yes, we need to bring in so-and-so because this could be a wonderful element to help with anxiety or even part of their depression, et cetera. And so it really legitimizes having this association really legitimizes who we are and it's still gonna it's still taking some steps you know as far as being licensed and we don't know if that's really going to happen or not but at least we're getting the profession out there this is something that does exist it works it's very effective it's science-based and so people are certainly seeking us out i love this thank you I want to switch topics just briefly because I want to honestly, 
I want y'all to go to johncottrell.com and look at all of the things that John has done, including written two books and so many articles. Like, like I did really take a deep dive. Like the minute I dive into something, I'm a human that's going to absorb all the information. So I've read like all your articles. (laughs) 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 And it happened to be yesterday. I had somebody else on the podcast, Jacoby Ballard and Jacoby and I were talking about you, John, because Jacoby's also in Salt Lake City and the and mosaic yoga so can you tell us a little bit about mosaic and how that came about through covid oh absolutely and so unfortunately due to covid um our yoga studio closed and we were a pretty you know popular well-running establishment fantastic teachers and a lot of these teachers I've been working with for a number of years we go way back and and we were offering something quite wonderful I think to our community well unfortunately we had to close our doors but the the majority of the teachers said wait a minute what does this mean for us we don't want to disband we can't disband we've got to support each other And so I think immediately after we closed our doors, we actually got on a Zoom call and just started brainstorming, what do we do next? What do we do next? So one of the things that we we did was actually we continued doing online classes because when COVID hit, we had to close the studio. We didn't permanent, we weren't permanently closed at the time, but we were closed to the public, but we offered online classes. And so people could virtually watch us or watch us live via Facebook, for example. And so we said we we should continue that for sure. And we did. And just kind of, you know, let's get through this and see what comes next. But the main thing was, here is this group of teachers. Like I said, we've known each other for years and years. We wanted to support each other and continue to provide a service to our, our, our wonderful and supportive community. And so anything that we can do to do that, we were going to do. So we established a collective. We called ourselves Mosaic. And how we got that name was because we were on this Zoom call, you know, if you got, you you pull up the gallery view, it just looks like this tapestry (laughs) of faces. And so someone said, this looks like a mosaic. And so that's how we we rebranded and called ourselves Mosaic Yoga. Um, and what we did really was really change our business plan. We can work as individuals because many of us already do and have over the years. We have our own brands, own businesses, and work as independent contractors. But why just do that on your own and try to just do that individually? Here you've got this wonderful group of uh, teachers friends, colleagues who can support you. So that's why we form the collective so we can support each other in our individual businesses using the umbrella of Mosaic. We eventually, it took some time, but we eventually found a new space and we're actually sharing a space with another collective in Salt Lake City. And so we're now under one roof, um, offering services and practices and classes um, to our faithful and supportive yoga community. I love that. I mean, so, so we know, and I've talked about this many times because I am a studio owner myself. I'm in my studio right now because I also have a tea shop in the front. Um, but, but like we're down between 40 and 50% for studios. And that's, that's a generous number. I mean, in my 
in my area, we're down 60%. Wow. So there's so many fewer places for humans who want to teach to actually come and teach yoga. And then if you slide into a studio space, I mean, I know that there's the owners are like me where we're all going, well, we've really got to pinch our pennies and make sure that we have absolutely everything so we can keep our doors open and people employed as long as possible. So I love, this is a really innovative new way for teachers to come together and continue doing what they love. It feels very 90s to me. I too started yoga in the 90s. <laughs> so in, in like, it was a very different time, right? Like yoga was different. We were teaching in church basements and like, I, I live in the Midwest, right? So I used to teach yoga at honestly, like a place where they had livestock auctions. So like the floor was really sketchy, but you know, it was fine. We had mats, it was okay. <laughs> I mean, now there's so much less of that, right? You expect sort of that polished studio experience that kind of came to age in the teens of this century. Um, but I love, it feels very like 90s nostalgic to me. Like, I love it. it. You're right. It really does have this throwback feel, especially since we changed our model. You know, I've, you know, for over the years, um, because of how yoga really evolved in Salt Lake, you know, we found ourselves, you know, being innovative, computerizing, all of that. And, um, and we, I, I called our, our last two studios that we worked in, I called them big box yoga because we, you know, yeah. was, there were big spaces. It had several studios in that big space. And so we had a number, a big number of teachers, you know, there could be at least three or four classes happening all at once. And so it was like this and of course, this was all managed through a management team and websites and all this virtual stuff. Like, wow, we yoga has really come a long way as a business in a, in a business model. But now that we've really shifted, it really feels like a throwback uh, to those early days where um, a, a, a student will come to the studio and wants to take a class and they they make a payment with cash <laughs> how novel is that <laughs> and that's it you know no computers no <laughs> it's really fascinating some of us even have gone back to using what we did back in the day we just had little we we little punch cards you know totally. you, could buy, you could buy like a five pass or a 10 pass or something and we literally just had these little punch cards that yeah. you just kind of mark off right and so some of us are we've gone back to that <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, it's great honestly we all made a lot more money then like that was in those days when i was you know going to the library and i had this long time class for 11 years and it would be about 20 people would rotate through this library space. My rent was 20 bucks and I was selling people 10 class passes. I made $150 cash every single Tuesday. It was incredible. And so few of those classes existed in 2019 and early 2020. And I do think you're, you're right. Like studios have to adapt in a different way. We have to be offering a different sort of experience than we were in 2020 big big box spaces where you've got four or five classes running at the same time like how how are you going to justify that COVID's still a thing that's uh, i don't know i mean I, I i agree that we're shifting in this is interesting direction right 
I love that we're sort of co-creating our own future because for a long time we were just always doing what had always been done. You know, five studios in New York and LA designed our entire industry. <laughs> and and now everybody's closed or having to be innovative and think again. And I love the collective model where teachers are supporting teachers for a long okay. time. Yeah, there for a long time, I think there's a lot of friction, you know, in a studio setting the most popular teacher got all the rewards, right? And so I'm always very careful in my studio, I don't reward based on popularity because popularity has a lot to do with the luck of the time slot. Very true, yeah. We're, we're I think because of the trajectory that we have been on, this this group of teachers since we've been teaching for so long, it's a, it's a, it's a weight off our shoulders, really. It's such a, such a, such a sigh of relief you know, now that it seems like a much simpler, a more approachable model, yeah. not only to run, you know, um, and certainly to teach in, but I think also for our yoga community, it just, I think it just makes it very easy for them to kind of stroll in and, um, and just get their yoga, you know, in a nice, yeah. uh, smaller space that's warm and inviting with, with the teachers that they enjoy. Yeah. Okay, John, tell everybody where they can find you and learn more about all of your awesome offerings and your books. <laughs> well, I think the easiest way is to, I kind of have the, the landing page and it's just johncottrell.com. If you go there, then you can kind of find all the things that I'm doing, whether I'm teaching live at Mosaic Yoga, I also am continuing to teach online. And so you'll be able to find links to my YouTube channel or how to view me live when I'm uh, teaching live. Uh, there's links to uh, my books, which are on Amazon. And uh, when th other things come up, like if I'm doing a retreat or a workshop, yep, you'll find it at johncottrell.com. If that doesn't work for you, because sometimes that, 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 uh, that URL may not always work, unfortunately, but mbody, it's the letter M as in Mary, B-O-D-Y, mbody.org, because that's my website when people want, if they're looking for a yoga therapist or just want to do some individual yoga lessons or sessions, that's the place to go. So mbody.org. That's perfect. And all of this will be linked in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want a hyperlink, that'll be in the show notes right here. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me today. I feel like we could have talked for hours. This has been wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on. This has been a joy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, John. I know everybody's going to love this episode. If you're listening and you want to get a hold of John, make sure johncottrell.com. You can check out John's clothing line, M, the letter M, body.com. You can check out his baking website. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, y'all have to go buy his pound cakes at onecakewonder.com. Up next will be my friend, Stephanie Singleton, who is also a yoga therapist from the California area. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.